a podcast. Oh shit, we're recording a podcast. Why didn't you tell us to go? <gasps> Are we no. recording now? No, oh. you devious fuck. How oh. dare you? <laughs> Are we recording? I am wholly unprepared for this. Quick, Kevin, say something there. hilarious. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my <laughs> ragtime gal. I don't know the lyrics. Something about my heart on fire. I am a dancing frog. Yay. You know what? Fuck it. Let's just do the Legion hype episode. Go. <laughs> Talk for I mean, four hours about Legion. I was going to say, we do that. We can easily fill an hour of content. Kevin, we've had a we've had a thought. What's that? Would you just like to take like a couple minutes to talk about like Steam controllers, Prince, Dark Souls, and then just talk about Legion? <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> Welcome to episode four of Lehman's Tiny Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about Warcraft Legion hype. We got lots to say. We're also going to cover a little bit of Dark Souls three. I've been playing that, and we all have some experience with that. We're gonna have a, we're gonna pour one out for our homie Prince. Rest in peace, you smooth motherfucker. But before we do all that, let's introduce my two best friends, starting with Mister Kinnan. Say hello. And my axe. Is that, yes. Is that good? Is that yeah, what we're doing? Yes. Yes. And my bow. I laughed so hard I pooped a little. <laughs> good. Gross. Anywho, let's also say hello to Brett. How's it going, buddy? Have you been purified in the waters of Lake Winnetonka? <laughs> Game. Game. Blouses. No, I'm good. I'm good after you fuckers neglected me for a whole week to talk about a children's card game. God. This yeah. Video. Yeah. This butt is hurt and burnt and dipped in salt. If we want to talk about the Star Wars TCG, we can do it. Okay. Oh, I'm my God. Very passionate about the game. Does cardboard really taste like Cheeto dust in despair, though? You kept talking about the flavor and I didn't understand it. Yes, mm. I I can confirm that foil magic cards are foiled with a special process that upon consumption is like uh, Cheeto dust. And flop sweat. They're also made so that when you bring them into the state of Florida, if they sit out anywhere for more than oh 10 minutes, God. they curl up into a little cigarette roll. Okay, yep. no, that actually happens in Ohio, too. I want to point out possibly the second most humid place that you would not expect to be humid. Because I went through some of my old cards the other day, and they have all done the curly curl. I hate it. I don't know. I don't I, know why like, they make the front it. of the foil card out of room temperature shrinky dinks. <laughs> Fucking terrible. So it's awful. I will use this opportunity to give a pro tip to my two co-hosts and to the audience. Those little silica packets you get. <laughs> At a beef jerky, and you can also order them online. What? Are you wait what desiccant <laughs> pack? Wait, are you are you, so are you advocating oh. usage of desiccants? Yes, what I'm this guessing? is brilliant. No, yes. this is brilliant. Shut I the front door. This is yeah. Brilliant. No, you you go buy like twenty packs of beef jerky, and you eat all the beef jerky, and you feel sick, and then you put all your magic cards <laughs> up in like a tight cardboard box, and you this. put those beef jerky flavored silica packets, and and five years later you have Blood beef. Bugs. Jerky flavored magic cards were not curled. I I need, this is this explains a lot about the brain damage, but I have to <laughs> let you know the desiccant packets are not actually beef jerky flavored. You're not supposed to eat them. This is this is why we get a bad rap because you went to Target and bought forty packets of beef jerky and magic cards, and now people <laughs> all think that we're just weird nerds. People who play magic are nerds. Hey guys, aren't we going to play Dungeons and Dragons on Sunday? Yes, we are. Yeah, we are. I'm so excited. We should record our shit because it's some funny stuff. We should. No, we uh, we will have a D and D podcast episode one day, and uh, we'll we gotta have Chris, friend of the cast and DM of Pain. Shout out to Chris. Shout out, Chris. Let's but, get back. Uh, let's, let's get back to it. Yeah, yeah back on topic. Yeah, okay. To, uh, so, what do we want to lead with? Uh, what, what have we been doing lately, guys? How about, how about you, Max? Well, I have been playing the new hotness, Dark Souls Three. I got it pretty much when it came out. Uh, to kind of 
just give give everyone kind of my own experience. So Dark Souls, Demon Souls has become a giant, giant phenomenon, fan favorite. It's a but these games are notoriously hard. They're very difficult. And it's a modern game series that just does not give any fucks if you ever beat it, if you ever beat the first boss, if you have a good time, if you like it, if you like yourself. Uh, Dark Souls just doesn't care about any of that. Dark Souls hates you. And Dark Souls wants you to know that. I came into the Dark Souls franchise with Bloodborne, which is tangentially related, but not quite. And that gets into some weird lore stuff. But it's by, it's by the same developers, and it's a similar feel. Um, Bloodborne, however, is strictly gothic, eldritch horror, like Shadows of Innistrad, uh, and it's really just amazing atmosphere. But Bloodborne, you have no shield, and it's all about using the weapons and dodging and using like really well-timed counterattacks. And so Bloodborne is very vicious and very uh, tight on the controls, which I loved it. Like when I first started playing Bloodborne, I kind of hated it just because I was getting my ass kicked. But like after, after a couple days and some perseverance, I just, I love it and I beat it. And I just, it's one of my favorite games of all time. And this is all a big rant to just say, I wasn't sure what to think of Dark Souls 3 because I tried to go play Dark Souls 2 after Bloodborne. And I have to admit to my own sadness, I can't finish Dark Souls 2. It's it's too slow. It's too clunky. It's, I just can't do it. So you do, you do feel a bit like a little, a chunky boy while you're running around in Dark Souls. As I, That's the first as thing I, I noticed. Yeah, as I've called it, you feel like a sack of potatoes sometimes. Yeah. I mean, my only experience with the series so far has been Bloodborne as well. And by my experience has been Bloodborne, I mean, my experience has been the first probably 35 minutes of Bloodborne because I am fucking terrible at these games. Um, But the combat definitely moves fast. Uh, it's very fluid and it's a lot of fun. And then I look at the stuff from Dark Souls, and what you look like a dude wearing a big suit of armor. You're clunky as shit. It it, it seems reasonable, but it's definitely a big shift in uh, tone through gameplay. I mean, it works for some people, I'm sure. I, I would say tried it personally, there's something I, I I haven't played a lot of it, but I've watched a lot of people play it. Um, I've beat the first boss and all that stuff. I'm now at the second one. I've only attempted it one time, and then I kind of hung it up because, well, my mouse sucks, and I just got this team controller, so I'm going to try and play with that. But anyway, it feels a little bit like the amount of preparation that's required and waiting and timing and stuff like that can be likened to a Mass Effect game without the ability to pause and plan. Mm-hmm. Is kind of how it feels to me. So Interesting. Here's- so it would be like an old RPG style game where you need to plan out every one of your movements, except you don't have a pause button. That's kind of how it feels to me. Yeah, I I would kind of agree with that. So here here's the thing about the Dark Souls franchise. Like I I feel like I I kind of get it now, and the the light bulb came on while I played Bloodborne. And if this is your first rodeo, Kenan, I promise the light bulb will come on. So. Dark Souls is more of an RPG, and Bloodborne, I would say, is more like an action game, action horror game. But that aside, the thing about Dark Souls is you have to accept that you will die. You will die often. You will die in unfair ways. You'll die in fair ways. Um, you know, you will run into traps. You, the, A boss will just one-shot you. A lowly little, like, gremlin thing that you underestimate will hit you 20 times and you will just die like you will die and you will die a lot but what is so rewarding about the dark souls franchise including bloodborne is it is it gives you the greatest feeling of joy and satisfaction when you when you beat something when you beat a boss when you beat a level when you you know it's it's one of the most interesting video games in a long time because so many mainstream video games, it's like, you know, here, here's a mini-map, and here's your objective, and here's all these quest markers off to the right side, and your mini-map is glowing. It's like, go fetch the, you know, sword and shield, and go fetch this magic MacGuffin, and do this and do that. And, you know, if you get swarmed by a bunch of guys, you just use a power-up, or, you know, you go Super Saiyan, and you beat them. And Dark Souls just, it, it gives you absolutely nothing. It gives you... A sword, a shield, if you want to use that, 
and a dodge. And that's basically all you get from the beginning of the game and the end of the game. And you're not given a lot, but you have to rely on knowing when an enemy is going to swing, knowing when to dodge, knowing when to counter, knowing when to block, learning how a boss like moves. And it's, it's very challenging. It's very, it can be very frustrating, but I, I have to say like, there's no other video game that when you finally beat that boss, it just feels amazing. When I started playing it, I believe I fought the first boss five times, maybe. And I like the feature that you can run up and see other people who have tried to do it and then just watch those fuckers die. But it's extre- I, I agree with you. It's extremely frustrating when you go up and you engage the boss and you're doing well and you're like, okay, I remember this move and this move and this thing that he does and you're dodging all of it. And then all of a sudden he uses an ability you've never seen before and then you're fucking dead again. And it's like, all right, great. Back again, all the way back. Let's do this over and over. And I finally after a while, realize the, uh, the the need for you to go forward, find a fucking bonfire, save there, and then go back and fight. That saved my ass and prevented me from doing the first four or five fights over and over again. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I will say one more thing. Like, Dark Souls also, it, it teaches you to be patient, which is pretty abnormal for modern video games. And it also teaches you... With most, like, God of War, Devil May Cry, like, any kind of game like that, you basically, you get in the boss's face, and you smack him a bunch of times, and then you, like, dodge out, or, like, the boss can hit you and use a potion or whatever. Like, you can take maybe two or three hits total in Dark Souls against the boss. So, Dark Souls, it's definitely, like, you get in there, you get, like, two hits, max, and then you get out. And you only did, like, I don't know, 5% of the boss's HP bar, but... It's all about that, like, you know, dodge, shield, hit, hit, dodge, and repeat, you know, and as the boss is dynamically changing. But it's it it makes you patient, which I kind of like, actually. Yeah, and and the other thing, too, there is uh, you don't have the option to, oh, okay, the boss is going to do this attack. And then I know he does a second attack after that. I'll just roll behind him because that motherfucker turns. The bosses, they react to where you're going. It's not just... Attack one, attack two, attack three, roll behind him, hit, hit, just rinse and repeat, which I like a lot. The game is smarter than you, and it doesn't give a fuck about you. Yep. Dark Souls is hard. It is. You should still play it, because it's good. I'm sad I'm never going to get to play Bloodborne, ever. You should buy a PlayStation. Mm -mm, I can't. unless unless... console plep with me. Unless you guys and maybe the lovely listeners want to just buy me a PlayStation. No, I can't. I can't afford yeah. it. Yeah. We barely know you, and you barely listen to us, but you could buy us a PlayStation. Buy us a console. I want to well, point out, our last episode got a lot of random listeners from Europe. So hi, whoever you are. Name yourselves. Send us an email. Hello. We're a big deal in Belgium now. Waffles. We love waffles here on Liam and Stiney Podcast. Yes. Waffles. Light and crispy. I don't, I don't like waffles. Can you fuckers not speak for everyone on the cast? I actually don't like waffles. How do you not like waffles? I'm a I pancake mean, man. Waffles aren't my uh, favorite. Neither pancake. I'm a French toast guy. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. I mean, I feel like of, of the of the somewhat baked good breakfast pantheon, those are really the three, right? Am I, am I missing anything? Muffin, muffins? Do you I think muffins strictly breakfast food? I Very think we can agree that, that crepes are probably one of the penultimate breakfast things. Crepes are just really thin pancakes. Yeah, but it's a crepe is like a sandwich. It's not about the bread itself. It's not about the item of the crepe. It's, what you it's stuff about what you it. stuff into it. Yeah, exactly. It's what's on the Speaking inside of that matters. Uh, so that's what I've been playing. What about, uh, Brett? What have you been up to? What have you been playing? Me? Um, I haven't really been playing shit. I've been watching House of Cards. Uh, no, um, God, you guys aren't really going to want to talk to me because I've been playing sports ball games. Uh, MLB 16 came out a couple weeks ago. And I mean, it's really tight. It's the closest thing to a real sports simulation that's available basically in the entire gaming industry. Um, I mean, I've been playing some other stuff. I started playing Warframe because radio is lonely and wants someone to play Warframe with them. And, uh, I mean, I played um, I played through the entirety of Final Fantasy X, X-2 Remaster over the last, like, two weeks. Uh, 
It was a great experience, and it got me excited for Final Fantasy XV, the hype of which we may discuss at a later date. So be honest with me. Did you really enjoy Ten Two? You know what? It gets a lot of shit. Um, I think it's it's a fun game, and it's got one of the more entertaining combat systems. Uh, it yeah. really, you know what it reminds me of? Uh, the whole dress spears thing is that it's the paradigms from Final Fantasy Thirteen. The ability to shift your class in battle. Uh, it, it was just a precursor to all of that. So that yeah. was kind of interesting. But no, I, d- I didn't mind it. I mean, it's all a bit silly. And it probably, in the grand scheme of things, didn't need to actually happen. But it, that's not the game's fault. What they put out there is fun. So I so I, I'll go on the record. I don't know if I've been on the record on the podcast, but and we can maybe get into a, a debate about this another episode. But uh, I I don't really like Final Fantasy X Plus. Um, but so I want to hear your opinion, Brett. One of the biggest reasons why I don't like Final Fantasy X is I cannot stand Titus. Like <laughs> well, I cannot you, do it. You're, you're saying his name weird for starters. <laughs> well, you know. He's definitely the worst character in Final Fantasy X, which which is a problem. But uh, his wildly inconsistent, unhealthy, and nonsensical relationship with his father being the driving focus of the entire story is just the worst decision they could have made. Um, I think he gets a lot of unnecessary hate because it was the first game with with, with voice acting, and the voice acting was so bad. Yeah, uh, it, it got a little work for remaster, but there are still the scene where they're leaving Luca for the first time and they're standing at the top of the stairs and they're oh, teaching God. themselves how to laugh. And it, it's still just to this day, I had I had I just very that, few things in my gaming life have made me grab the remote and mute it until it was over. That scene, that scene was so awkwardly delivered. That scene was worse than watching all of Dinner for Schmucks. At once. Oh, what? It's so awkward and terrible and hard to watch. 10. Yeah, that that one scene killed me. I remember exactly what you're talking about. I mean, ten does have Blitzball, which That's is true. awesome. It's probably my favorite of all the little mini games that have ever been included in Final Fantasy. Also, so, uh, Kamari is awesome. He's one of my Kamari favorite. is awesome. Brief, uh, He's brief shout out Lorenzo. because I think he listens to the cast. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Tisdale, you ruined Blitzball for me forever for that one summer at the beach. So, uh, thank you for that. <laughs> Wait, you played? I'll get back up. What? <laughs> there, it's it's not as entertaining as you think. Basically, me and Alex, uh, we went to the beach one time in uh, high school, I think. And he pretty much played fucking Blitzball the entire weekend. And the entire weekend, I heard do 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 <laughs> scarred me for life. Blitz off! <laughs> God damn it! It got to the point where I was like, I played because <laughs> you get some of the best items in the game for playing, and I just got so wrapped up in it. I was playing it so long, I caught myself commentating the games in a terrible Howard Cosell voice. <laughs> and, oh it, and then I looked up and realized it was four thirty in the morning, and I'd been doing it for eleven hours, and I needed to stop. I'm sitting in a dark room talking to myself. <laughs> yes, I really was. I'm sitting in a dark room commentating an imaginary sporting event in the voice of a dead guy. I probably need to go to bed. Maybe. Anywho, speaking of talking to themselves in the dark, Kenan, what have you been up to? Hello! Hi, friend. I've been bouncing around uh, trying to find a game that, you know, makes me happy, something new, something tasteful. Uh, I played a little bit of Endless Legend recently, realized that I'm terrible at anything that even sort of resembles Civilization games, um, and then gave that up. I <sighs> caved and got Dark Souls, Dark Souls 3. Um, and then after playing it for about 30 minutes, I realized that using the shitty mouse that I have was not going to cut it, so I went ahead and got the Steam controller, which I'd been de- debating getting for a long time, um, just because... You know, I got a lot of games, and I'd like to play some on my on my couch. I'm I'm definitely so I I use a um an Xbox 360 uh, controller, 
the good old things lasted me like 10 years. I use it for my PC, for certain PC games, like games that are very controller friendly. Right. Um, but I'm very curious about the Steam controller. So why don't you tell tell all of us about it? I can definitely give you a rundown. I you So you mentioned the Xbox controller. Uh, one thing that I do like about the Steam controller just right off the bat, uh, it has the same sort of shape. As the you know the controller we know and love, it, it re- definitely resembles the Xbox controller a lot more than it does the uh, PlayStation controller. Um, but you do have the same kind of function uh, with a small button in the center that the Steam button that allows you to you know access the main menu and stuff like that when you're running Steam in big picture mode. Um, but I'll just kind of break it down. Like when, when I first opened the package, I, I, I you know for starters. Steam has their shit together. I thought the packaging was fairly slick. Like this thing comes in a fairly nondescript box with a lot of biodegradable components to it. Um, so go Steam. Um, and then when you first take a look at it, the button layout is definitely similar to what you would see on an Xbox controller, with uh, two major exceptions. The first one being that the X, Y, B, and A buttons are in the position in which you would normally find a right control stick. So they're actually farther down, which I haven't had a lot of problems with so far using those buttons, uh, other than the fact that when I was trying to type in, uh, so I was playing Borderlands 2 to try and get used to this thing, because, you know, as we say, it's a good controller game. Uh, I was trying to type the name in, and I I kept canceling it, and there's only so many times that I can type (laughs) the word Humperdink, and it stops being funny. Um, So... How does um how does it feel like how does how's the weight how's the buttons how's the joysticks like how does it feel in your hands? Sure. So I, I saw a lot of people a lot of people in the reviews said they thought it felt cheap. Um, I do not get that sensation at all. I think this stems from the fact that it's actually quite light. Um, I know we all remember getting you know those of us who had it all remember getting an Xbox for the first time, um, and then we spent the next couple of months playing by holding on to what was effectively the <laughs> rear end of a bear. How about the N64 controller with the rumble pack in it? Yeah, dude. I mean, come on. <laughs> You're tapping on the back of a minivan. This thing is very light. Uh, the other thing that I, I, I think might make people think uh, it feels cheap is because the majority of the features on it are black. Uh, there's no you know see-through buttons and any of that other shit. But it works really, really well because actually in, in the place um, I mentioned before, you've got your main four buttons in the place of the joystick. Uh, where those buttons would normally be is actually just a flat black disc. It's matte black, matches the rest of the controller, and then you have that also on the left side except there's a D-pad imprint on it. And both of these discs are actually touchpads, which is slick as fuck. And I really like the way it feels when it plays because they're extremely they're sensitive, but not to the point where it's annoying. And you actually get physical feedback. You can feel it whenever you run your thumb across the right touchpad, which is amazing. That's pretty rad. I have to I have to admit when I when I first got the PlayStation Four, I was kind of skeptical about the um, the big button in the middle that's touch sensitive. It's actually turned out to be kind of rad, and I kind of like it. So. Anything with like touch sensitive and tactile feedback that's you know accurate is is actually pretty rad. Uh, the only thing that I have run into, so you know, uh, and I'm sure you can change this. I just haven't bothered to do it yet because I was trying to you know try it out as it comes raw. Um, you know, when you are playing a video game, you've got typically the left side of it lets you move around, and then the right joystick uh, lets you physically look in a lot of first person shooter games. Um, this performs the same function, but you don't have the option to like move your thumb to the far right edge and continue to turn at least as it comes in its default. But the other side of that is I can swipe very quickly on the surface of this touchpad and it has physics to it. So I can swipe quickly and the character will move quickly. I can swipe slowly. The character will move slowly and it'll keep going even after my thumbs left at the touchpad. That's interesting. And so I got to the point where I was playing this game where I could just do a quick swipe on the touchpad and move the exact distance that I wanted to, which was pretty cool. So uh, overall, you like it? You'd recommend it? I do like it. Uh, one, one other thing that I, I did want to say about this layout too, because again, like it, it's hard to pick it up initially, but I, I started getting used to it. Uh, I didn't find myself needing the four buttons all that much because there are actually two extra buttons on the back of the uh, the controller where your palms are, and you can click them just by squeezing. Jump and use, which are the two buttons you need in Borderlands. Pretty Very good. nice. Very yeah, nice. you do. So you can loot all the things and you can jump a lot. Steal all the shit and jump over gorilla monsters. Yeah. I, I would say... God, I love it, Borderlands. 
I would purchase this over an Xbox controller for playing video games pretty much 100% of the time. How much did it cost? 50 bucks. 50 bucks. Interesting. Yeah. And so where can you order it from? On Steam? You can order it off of Steam. It shipped to me in four days. Awesome. Yeah, boy. Sorry, well, I didn't say anything the feedback funny. on the controller. I didn't say anything funny. I apologize. I mean, so, so you recommend it, though? I do. Just like I recommend my dick. There you go. There's the goof. All right. Yeah. Anyways, let's go ahead and move into what we all really want to talk about. World of Warcraft's Legion. The official announce date has been dropped for August 30th, 2016, the year of our Lord. And uh, what do we think? Brett, I know you got lots to say. Hype intensifies. (laughs) What, Kenan? I thought it was coming out with a movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, Lunchbox. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, 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 calm it down. I said. But, it was likely it was going to come out with but, a movie. Listen to listen to fucking Nostrafalmus backpedal now after he did this. <laughs> wow. Okay, yeah. every, all of you guys are like, it's coming out in August. It's August 30th. That's basically September. That is, at, well, it is are basically you, September, but it is what? also actually August. I've heard a straw so, man argument, but I've never, heard, I've never heard anyone light the straw man on fire before presenting the argument. <laughs> That's how we roll. That's how we roll you you basically actually took the straw man and wrapped him around yourself and then lit it on fire. And then I'm ran going, at us. Good argument. I'm going to... Anyways, Legion. Legion what do you guys think? Oh my god. Everything about it. The fact that it's going to be like a super manic five lore smorgasbord theme park is awesome. The fact that they're revamping man. all the classes is awesome. The class order halls are going to be awesome. The artifact weapons. Can you tell me what the artifact weapons are going to be, Kenan? Can you guess? I bet they'll be all right. They might be uh, imbalanced. They might be Imba. Remember when we said Imba? <laughs> they might be Imba. What spec are you guys going to play? Oh my god, what class are you guys going to play? You're both going to be demon hunters, aren't you? Gee, you sir that. take that back right now why why uh, ever you're right the, the three so uh, an aside about our warcraft guild there are probably five people in our entire guild who have never really made a drastic permanent class shift three of them are currently sitting here talking to you and the other two are druids hi yep hi bart and pearl friends of the cast Pert and Burl. We love our druids. Actually, they're having a baby, right? So the baby right. took our druids. They're having Damn a baby it. right now. So, so Bart's going to be the tree, and Pearl's going to be the owl. Is the baby going to be a kitty cat or a bear? What's it going to be? Kitty cat, probably. <laughs> if that baby, baby like cat. that, if that fucking baby comes out as either a kitty cat or an owl, we have to call science. That is, you're disgusting. <laughs> science. <laughs> Hello, science. Science, you have to hear that this happened on the internet. <laughs> Help. It probably what has happened? something to do with maple syrup and climate change. There's something in the syrup. That would be when an Canadian... awesome movie. What if there was like a Canadian horror B movie about a zombie virus or something starting from a tainted maple syrup supply? I'm... I mean, I'd buy this. I'm pretty sure that was the... that's been done. That was the plot of the Brendan Fraser movie about Canada. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that's actually how that movie went, though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. I, I had honestly forgotten that Brendan Fraser existed, let alone that he made a Dudley Do-Right film at some point. He made like 15 mummy movies. Money he did. Movies. He yeah. did. And still, the only thing I really remember him for was like three episodes of Scrubs. I, ha- I have a hard time in my head separating the mummy movies, National Treasure, and these shitty, terrible B-movies called like The Librarian? That I think are about the same thing. Also, Did angels heist films, except they're being the heists are being pulled off against some sort of strange supernatural force, or in the case of Nick Cage, always our dead founding fathers. Yeah, they also they also watch like they've been eaten and then shat out by Dan Brown. Yeah, it's a 
I still remember the first time I read the Da Vinci Code and everybody had made it out to be this incredible mystery. And then at the end, you find out that the code they've been working to crack the entire fucking book is the word Apple. And then if you have any sense, you shut the book and you throw it at something as hard as you can. Preferably, if there's a crippled orphan school child near you, you throw it at his tiny Tim crutches because that's how angry that made me. They made this book out to be this fucking masterpiece and then there's a five letter solution to the cipher at the end of the book i have not read a dan dan brown material since i actually am i'm i'm coming to you from beyond the grave because when i read this book i got to that portion i didn't actually burn the book but i wrote a stern letter to dan brown and included a picture of me committing seppuku (laughs) because the book was fucking horrible i'm pretty sure it was the plot to the first assassin's creed game wasn't it yeah more or less Except with Tom Hanks. <laughs> Tom Hanks was an in Assassin's Creed. God, I wish. <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you fucking imagine if Tom Hanks was just a Templar? <laughs> Jenny. <laughs> Templars uh, and assassins don't go together like peas and carrots. <laughs> Put me back into the machine, Jenny. <laughs> I can run really fast in the Matrix or whatever the hell this is called. <laughs> it's not the Matrix. It's a totally different thing where they jack your consciousness into an alternate reality using a machine to help you fight off and run a resistance. <laughs> there are no babies being turned into batteries in Assassin's Creed. Yeah, plus everything in the Matrix is grayscale and everything in Assassin's Creed is like eggshell. <laughs> totally different color schemes. Two different games. Two different universes. Uh, let's. So I don't think we've talked about Warcraft too much on the podcast. So let's let's roll it back a little bit and let's kind of. So far, <laughs> well, that too. Like even I'm, on this episode, wholly <laughs> devoted to Warcraft. <laughs> Funny how that happens. But so to give to give the listener base kind of uh, a foundation. So um, they know me. I'm Lunchbox. I have always been the uh, paladin tank for the guild and paladin tank pretty much forever since burning crusade when paladins could tank um mr kennan here has mostly always been a mage as long as i've played warcraft with him and mr brett here has always been our residential hunter and uh, if you two want to talk more about your roles over the years you can i have been resident dps slash rageaholic for the exactly. better part of yeah, when was when was early Lich King? I think that's when I started raiding with you guys. Next, two thousand and seven or two thousand and eight? Probably the two thousand eight, two thousand two thousand nine range, something like that. Somewhere around there. I mean, I've been playing since the very beginning, but I, I've always been a hunter. I'm really excited to continue being a hunter in Legion. Except now, I'm going to be the melee variety for about two weeks until I inevitably hate it. <laughs> Switch to marksmanship and get really pissed off that I'm behind everybody else on my artifact. Yeah. Yeah. Also super mad that when that happens, I'm still going to be stuck with a bow because for some reason, Beast Mastery got the gun artifact. What the shit, Blizz? That is a little little weird uh, that that's how they plan on doing it. I don't quite get that. I mean, I realize that they're trying to make them mutually exclusive. They're trying to, you know make each of them unique and also get that. Oh, duh. It's the bow of the wind runner. That's awesome. But what, what the fuck is this robot gun? Right. Why the fuck doesn't it belong to like the high tech marksman? Yep. Just saying. That's what I would, that's what I actually would have expected. Right. I mean, a sniper rifle. Maybe there have been models for guns with sniper scopes on them since vanilla for fuck's sakes. And let's not forget the 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 gun from the Big Bad Wolf, one of the coolest gun models ever. Uh, the Crossfire Carbine is the coolest gun model they have. Transmog it. My free tip for all of you today. Or okay. fuck, I don't know, something Rexar themed, which is what I would have fucking expected. The be- Yeah, why can't the Beastmaster just chuck some fucking axes or something? If you're going mean- to give survival a spear, let them throw hatchets like shitty Rexar does in Heroes of the Storm. He uses a fucking bow. He literally his uh, hero ability in Hearthstone is steady shot. Right. Like, come on. Uh, but yeah, I guess let's let's get back more to a broad topic. So 
I guess, so what do you guys think about the artifact weapons? Like, it's it's a pretty, they're very lore-friendly, they're very flavorful, they're very, they're going to be powerful, customizable, but I'm still wrapping around my head around the fact that, you know, weapons are such a big loot item. They're such a big deal, like, you know, the final boss drops this sweet shield, or this gun, or this axe, or this staff, and it's... It's just kind of weird that, you know, like, we're going to have these pseudo-legendaries from the start for the entire expansion. Yeah, I think the thing is, is, like, the way they have it so you can upgrade it by getting artifact power, whether it's, you know, killing shit or, or you know, completing quests or whatever, that's that's all well and good. But I think they probably could have given the same visceral feel that you're talking about by making it so that when you do kill a boss you have a chance to get something that gives you the ability to add a new add a new skin to it or add an additional slot uh, of those talents for that artifact. And that may be how they're doing it, but if it's just like, kill, 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 XP for your weapon, kill, 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 now it looks different. I, I don't think... You're not going to get the same thing you're talking about out of that. I actually... That's a really good idea you just had with the unique skins tied to individual boss drops, maybe even tie them to achievements and make them a guaranteed drop. Yeah. And, and that's the thing too, because if you do that, then you can tie those skins back to whatever boss or whatever zone you're in. Oh, we just killed everybody in the Suramar instance. I think that's what it's called. Now I have a glowy purple, a glowy purple spear. I mean, that's, that's actually a legit idea. Um, I think that design wise, Eventually, they had to get around to the point of doing something to normalize people's weapons, because weapons were always the one thing that really could imbalance your raid's DPS. If you got enough weapon drops early on in the process, just through sheer blind luck, you were going to be ahead of other raids who didn't get weapon drops because they were just that much more valuable than anything else. Uh, Putting the weapons behind a gate that can be crossed by solo casual and hardcore players alike is probably going to really do a lot to even that playing field and i know that some people don't like that but that's because a lot of people play world of warcraft simply to be better than other people which is fine i guess but i like it i think personally as a design choice it's a really well thought out idea yeah i uh i I have to agree like it is divisive and it is controversial. And I, I definitely see both sides of it. Like the fact that I no longer have a like in game boss, whoever I no longer have a reason to kill for say a sword or shield, you know, it takes a little bit of the fire out of that. But the fact that once I get my, my weapon, I don't have to worry about it anymore. That's, that's a lot of relief and a lot of just logistics handled. And you know, the artifacts are pretty sweet and you do get to change the way they look and the colors and the themes and the feel. So I overall, I think the artifact weapons are a pretty, pretty awesome change. But um, it's it's definitely going to be is- interesting that 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 carrot on the stick for that one individual carrot on the stick will no longer be there. Yeah, agreed. And I, I what Brett just said, too, uh, I didn't I actually hadn't thought about that, but in doing so and in making it so that you collect artifact power by murdering things, you effectively make it so that the most active guilds, the most active groups are going to be able to level, level their weapons faster as opposed to getting this massive power increase just purely by mm-hmm. chance. And so that's actually a pretty, that's, that's a good observation. And I mean, like Brett said, like a, a two an arms warrior getting a weapon upgrade versus a holy priest getting a staff upgrade like that arms warrior needs that axe a lot more than say that priest needs that staff. Sure. Absolutely. But, uh, so what, uh, what other big thing, like Legion's doing lots of things. They're, you know, smoothing out the talents a little bit. They are my favorite thing. If you guys want to comment is finally, after all these years, we're getting a nice clear line in the sand between PVP and PVE. Oh. And that makes, that makes this yeah. Care Bears heart so happy. Yeah. Right. It is the single most jizz-worthy addition to the whole thing for me. Um, Games like EverQuest were able to do this for eons before Warcraft decided it was finally time to do it. It's the perfect way 
to at least somewhat be able to control the anger of your PvE and your PvP crowds by changing the competitive balance knobs into two separate competitive balance knobs. I don't understand how they didn't come to this conclusion years ago. It's just so common sense. Well, not only that, but it lets you it lets you max out the type of fun that you can have in both formats. I mean, I can remember in uh, back in BC there was at least one talent that you could get. I think it was it, as a frost mage. It was like second tier or something, and it froze a person, and it last lasted for like two seconds on a an actual player. And it's like, okay, great. Why why even have that available for as a slot that I have to waste if I want to PvP? If it's just going to be kind of garbage, I mean that's basically an interrupt. So, I think that division is going to make it so that you can do goofy shit in PvP and then other goofy shit in PVE without having crosstalk between the two of them. I can see that. I mean, part of the reason why they were never willing to go all out with the utility abilities that are obviously PvP based is because once you start to make them too useful or too crazy, they begin to have game-breaking possibilities for the PvE crowd, who are always very crafty, and let's not lie, the bleeding-edge PvE crowd are always willing to be a little shady if it gets them ahead. Am I wrong? If it gets the boss to 0%, they will do whatever they can that is quote-unquote legal. Hashtag Martin Fury. (laughs) (laughs) So I, um, one more big thing I definitely want to cover and something I'm particularly excited about, um, I know, Brett, you can definitely relate to this because you did end up playing a little bit of Destiny, even though the game is garbage. But um, So Warcraft is doing something pretty interesting. So we're going to be getting Mythic Plus dungeons in Legion, which means we're going to be getting dungeons that are going to be harder than normal. And they're going to have modifiers. And this is the first time Warcraft is doing this. And I want to say... Um, I've seen lots of games start to do this over the years. I don't want to credit Destiny with doing it first, but I will credit Destiny with doing it pretty well, or at least doing it so that everyone was exposed to it. And basically what they're going to be doing with these Mythic Dungeons, these Mythic Plus, is you will be able to, some various logistics and various mechanical ways, we'll cover that later, we'll get to that later as we know more, but basically you'll be able to make the dungeon more difficult and there'll be modifiers like all the mobs have more HP. All the mobs and mobs being uh, monsters and uh, NPCs here, bad guys. Um, All the mobs will be doing, will have higher critical chance. Uh, The bosses will enrage faster. Uh, The players will have less HP. Basically all these little knobs that they can tweak and modify and you'll get better loot and you can be timed. And I just... I think that's really cool. I think it's going to be, we're going to be seeing this in more games, more RPG games going forward. Um, And what do you two think about it? I I think it's, I think it's a pretty cool thing. Brett. Well, I, I hadn't really (laughs) looked into it very much. I'm trying to (laughs) shut up. Uh, I, I was, I was literally just, I, I wanted, I was hoping you would just go first. Like, um, I haven't really paid much attention to this feature, uh, but it sounds great. I Any reason to get... What Warcraft has been missing for a while are compelling reasons to bring max-level players back to dungeon content for anything other than, you know, like Valor Points. That's how they did it back then. In the last couple expansions, it's been hey, we're going to drag you back to these dungeons to repeat this content by kind of attaching it to a to a grind uh, instead of genuinely finding ways to increase the challenge factor or make it different or give it any sort of replay value other than the intrinsic currency value that you get out of doing it. So to, to find new ways to bring people in, I think it, it's a great idea. Yeah, I'll agree with that. And you know what? The the thing is, is even the stuff like um, time walking and, uh, well, time walking, really, it, I f- still feel like stuff like that is not tuned to the point where when you walk in that instance, you're not still feeling like you're rolling through it. I mean, every time I do time walking, it's just, you're steamrolling. I don't have, I don't have any problems. Maybe I'm just in good groups. Maybe some groups suck and actually have problems with it, but it's, they're kind of a joke. 
No, it's it's not you, man. The uh, time walking dungeons are time walking. First of all, is still a great idea and a great concept, and and maybe they'll be able to kind of get it a little bit more focused. But sure. time walking was Blizzard's way of a giving us some content and b. Um, for a lot of people who didn't play Burning Crusade and Lich King, they get to kind of see these dungeons, which is really cool. Um, and maybe down the road we might see Mythic Plus time walking dungeons. Like that could be pretty cool. That would be neat. And and the, you know what? The other thing that it does fulfill too is it does give you higher level level loot. And if you have people who are just joining the game and they don't really do, although I guess everybody fucking levels by doing dungeons at this point. If they don't really do some of those dungeons, then they get to run the dungeon, see the content, and get some decent loot out of it at the same time. Right, and, and that's that's really neat. It's going to be really nice for for guilds like ours and and for groups like ours. Like you know, sometimes we're only going to have like five eight seven people on and maybe we don't feel like raiding maybe we don't feel like you know uh using the looking for raid finder to find other people or maybe it's like a saturday night and me kenan and brett are on and you know our radio and we maybe we have just exactly five people and we can go and do a mythic dungeon and have a good time and be challenged and potentially earn loot that is as good or at least close to the raiding gear and i i like that avenue like Mythic Dungeons and Warlords of Draenor were a great idea because the loot was really great, but they were they had a lot of problems. Like you couldn't port to them; you had to go to the Summing Stone. Come on, Blizzard, this is 2016. Um, right. And you know you had to have a competent group. I, I like the fact that it's not just you know oh this is just hard. Rather, here's these modifiers that we can work around. You're absolutely right. The Mythic Dungeons were a great jump-off point for that. And the big problem is that, much like every really good thing that actually came out of Warlords, it was all too little too late. Uh, Warlords will forever go down as a fucking waste of Blizzard's potential for a couple years. And you know what? The worst thing is, even when Blizzard's at their absolute worst, we still had a fucking blasty at the beginning. Let's, let's not act like it was shit from second one. We had a lot of fun. Um, Legion, though, has a lot to live up to. And in reality, let's break it down. What WoW players want, what they need, what they desperately crave and they're coming for and gunning for Blizzard on is content. We just need shit to do. That is it. At the basic core of it all, when we run out of stuff to do, we get bored. When we get bored, we get pissy. Blizz, just keep pumping out stuff for us to do. Please. Yeah. I love it. It's very true. I mean, World of Warcraft is, I feel, treated for a lot of people just like, this is something I do during the day. Like, it just happens. You know, you log in. Yeah, I'm playing a video game. Yeah, I'm going to go play video games. But you just you log in even just to see what the fuck's going on. And if nobody's doing anything, then you think, oh, why am I playing WoW? But if people are doing something, even if you hadn't planned on playing a lot that day, you might. You might end up running dungeons and stuff just because other people are interested in doing it and there is stuff to do. Well, I mean, I like look like open up your battle nets right now. Like. I have four people on my battle net playing Warcraft right now. I, I, it blows my mind, you know, and this is like the hardcore addicts who are like Farious and other people who are just, you know, that that's all they do. But I, even most of the guild, I, I'm going to use the word quit, but we, none of us ever quit. We just take breaks, but most of the guild quit after Hellfire, Hellfire Citadel after a couple months, and we were all just like, this is dumb, we're over it, this raid sucks, and it's the end of expansion raid, why are we even here? And we all went, in our, went on with our lives. And But yeah, there's still, every single day I check my battle net, because I usually play Hearthstone a little bit, or you know maybe Heroes of the Storm, or Overwatch when it's in beta. And I still, like every single day, there's some people playing Warcraft, but you're absolutely right, and, and Brett has said this as well, like, you know, we're so enamored and we're so attracted to this game, not even necessarily for the game at the end of the day. We just want to play with our buddies and Warcraft is something we all know like the back of our hand and it gives you a an experience to do stuff with your buddies, raids, dungeons, world, PvE, etc. Yeah, at the end of the day, this whole idea of our group started as a loose amalgam of people that kind of knew each other. 
and we've evolved into something so much more. We are best friends. We are fast companions and Kenan's axe. I don't know. Um, I mean, we, yeah, yeah, your axe that came back. Uh, I mean, the game has become about so much more than just beat boss, get loot, move on. Uh, but that obviously is the driving force that keeps all those other wonderful things rolling. So please, please, I beg you, Blizz, just give us things to do. Yeah, and I'm one thing, and I, I know just because of the nature of the the expansion, this may not actually happen. But one thing I'm hoping for that was re- one thing I'm hoping will stop, which was really bad in Warlords of Draenor, was the pandering to the players just by the story. It was Ugh. real bad. Like, okay, I get it. You know, people were bitching that Thrall was the main character, and we were all just along for the ride. Blah blah blah. But like. God, watching that fucking cinematic every time I upgraded my garrison, Commander, you are awesome. You're the coolest. Here's level two. Like, I can't do that. I need a story that, one, isn't pandering, and two, that is well-written without coming off, like, fucking drive angry. Like, the script has to be good, you know? The, all the components are there. It's The story should just be good. Yeah. I. The, the biggest thing about Warlords of Draenor is is you 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 hit it the writing the the Warlords of Draenor had really cool cutscenes and Warlords of Draenor had really cool moments but the overall tone and the overall writing of Warlords of Draenor was just kind of bad yeah and you mentioned some of these moments dude when what's his nuts when cool bro uh cool bro wolf guy dies like that was intense i felt that that was cool. That was a character that you had played alongside, and they spoilers, they kill him off. Hope, hopefully nobody... Hope, hopefully it's not a surprise. Anyway, they kill him off, and that was an intense moment, I feel like, for everyone who, who played that portion. Yeah, I mean, there were, like you said, awesome moments. Battle of Shatrat City? Anybody? I, I mean, it's yep. a shame that they didn't actually incorporate or really use Shatrat City for anything in a game about right. Primal Outland. But yeah. the battle for Shatrash City, outside of the butchering of Orgrim Doomhammer, which I won't get started on because I yeah, could go for that? hours, <laughs> but um, it was a great moment. It was awesome. Uh, when Duratan's brother bites the dick, gets run over by a rock slide and some shit. Like, he's cool. I like that character. Uh, I think I remember the question you were talking about, Kenan, in Frostfire, when you're you're tracking down the person's missing wolf. Yep. Yeah, yep. like that was great. That and then, was some sad shit. Yeah, yeah. I, and then there were some really funny quest lines too, like when you meet young Mancrick in uh, Nagran. That made me pretty happy. Yeah, uh, that was. Cool. And you, you help him meet his wife for the first time. <laughs> that cracked me up. But um, <sighs> there was a lot of potential. There was so much potential in the storyline of Warlords, and they just. They focused on the wrong people. Kenan actually nailed it on the head. They they focused on us. The whole time, through all these great things, we've been these invisible guys in the background that let these larger-than-life Warcraft lore characters take the stage. And everybody always clamored about how, oh, we didn't get to kill the Lich King, Tyrion did it, or whatever. But you know what? In the end, goddammit, when we actually got to do it, we didn't like it. So let's go back to telling an awesome story, letting the characters that we know and love take the stage. Yeah, I don't I I do not and have never figured out what the problem was with us being just extraordinary people doing extraordinary things and helping. I, I it's the pandering just kills me. To make yeah. it feel like the story focused on any one of us as an individual, too, robs the whole community aspect of the game. So now yeah. to me, when I log in, it's a story about Eliza and how awesome he is and his fucking 14 favorite tagalogs and Thrall, because yeah. he's here, too. That's and not you okay. Have a, you have a house that's magically in the same place as everyone else in the game. Mages. Damn them. Damn the mages. <laughs> All the garrisons are inside the world's biggest bag of interdimensional hold. <laughs> Shitty pocket dimension that no one ever leaves. Indeed. So I wanted to kind of cap this with just a, a small side. So Brett mentioned the capital C word 
and I want to close out the episode with any future game designers out there. He's exactly right. Content, 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 content. Every great game fails because lack of content. Every mediocre game struggles because of content. And every great game continues to be great because of content. And this kind of ties into all the current topic events because Division is currently struggling a little bit because there's not any content. And what I believe pretty much just killed Destiny was lack of content. Like those those poor bastards are still playing. Like I have several people still playing and there has not been anything for months. And this isn't like Warcraft where you have a big raid that will last you months, even if you do beat it pretty quickly. Like Destiny is the kind of thing where you have like a couple bosses and then you have hard mode and then that's it. And then four months later, why do we even care? And just content is so important. And we really need Legion to give us a lot of stuff to do and a lot of stuff we want to do. Hell yeah, but I'm still excited as fuck for it. I will say, um, and I'll, I'll save this rant for another episode, I am mechanically and from a game design perspective excited for Legion. I'm still really cranky and irritable about it being fan service island, but we'll save that rant for another day. But... But mechanically, I do think they're making a lot of good decisions. And from a game design perspective, and I've said this to both of you many times, it kind of feels like Stella got their groove back. It kind of feels like Blizzard <laughs> is Blizzard again. Wow. Good, good, good reference. Now, I, I get yeah. that. Our <laughs> listeners will get that one. Yeah, <laughs> they will understand this pop culture reference. I get it, though. It feels like Blizzard hears us now, and they they heard us during Warlords, but they heard the wrong fucking people. That's one of the biggest problems. You cannot pander to the hardest of the hardcore individuals because you're never going to please them ever. So create an experience that's fun for everybody. And if they don't like it, yeah, go fucking do something. Else. Well, and I, I will say too, Blizzard's done a very good job of, of getting this hype train going. I mean, between the, the opening cinematic, uh, um, the opening cinematic of, of Legion where Angela Bassett and Whoopi Goldberg take on the, take on demons. And then the trailer for the movie <laughs> is just fucking rad as hell. Um, between the two things, like I'm pretty stoked for a lot of the content that's coming out in the next and this year for Blizzard. Yeah, no, I I think the movie's going to be decent, and as long as it is decent, boy, oh boy, is there going to be lots of uh, Warcraft fans, new and old, ready for Legion. I'm really excited. I'll see you all August 30th. You can find Over. us on the Zuljin US server, by the way, Guild of the Colbert Nation. We're hard. Oh. Sadly. I like Sadly Horde. I like Horde. Blame where, uh Now, where can, uh, speaking of where you can find us, Brett, how can they email us? Well, you could email us at liamonstinypodcast at gmail.com, which, funny story, the other day I got really excited because there was an email in there and I was really happy and I went and checked it. And it turns out that I had accidentally used the podcast email to sign up for a free trial of Google Play Music. So, um... <laughs> I psyched I psyched myself out. I thought we had a fan feedback email. So womp, womp. damn womp womp. God. But email us Liamans Tiny Podcast at gmail.com, Facebook.com slash Liamans Tiny Podcast, SoundCloud. You can comment on there. That's where you're listening to this. More than likely. Unless you're our one Belgian guy who really likes Stitcher. Good for you. Whoever you are, send us an email. I would like Keep to talk up. to you. Keep it up. Hi mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> yeah. Hi, nope. everybody's mom. Um, none, of my, none of my family listens to this. Yeah, Nor- before. Iris doesn't even listen to it. Before we. Oh, yeah. Sarah doesn't listen to this either. Hi, babe. I love you. Uh, before we move on to the end, though, um, I do kind of want to take a second to say that the music world sucks a little bit more today. Uh, it's obviously going to have been about a week since it happened by the time this gets out, but we're all sitting here about eight hours out from just learning that Prince had passed away. And um, it's really unfortunate. He was a musical idol for me early in my life. 
And even now, his discography is one of the greatest mixes of pop and rock in the history of mankind. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, purify yourselves in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Rest in peace, Prince. Rest in peace. Rip. Ah, yes, it is. The the music world has lost many greats this year. 2016 is, uh, 2016, we need to do over. We need to just do you over. Yeah. But, um, we need to like, we need to trade reset button. Well, I was going to say we need to, we need to trade some in for politicians. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. In 2016 could just really use a do over from the jump. Let's just forget about all the politics, all the religion and all of the dead awesome people. And we'll just start over again at January 1st. Ooh, ooh, if we roll it back, I can actually start working out. And then Iris will... Oh my god! Iris will, my, my fiancé will love me again. Are you Tubby Cannon now? Nah, dude, I'm I'm sexy as hell. It's all the loneliness and two-buck Chuck people. Sexy AF. Yum, yum. But uh, you can also find most of us on the Twitters. I am at Lunchbox601. Kenan, how can they find you on the Twitters? You can find me on Twitter uh, as at LOLKenan. You can find me on Twitch as at LOLKenan. And if you want, you can find me on Snapchat as at LOLKenan. And I will send you exclusively pictures of Richard Nixon. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to put that to the test directly after the end of recording this. Uh, you can, yeah, definitely. I want my exclusive Richard Nixon picture. Um, don't, you can, don't make me download Snapchat. Don't this, make me do I, I've never used Snapchat in my life, but I might have to do it to see if Kenneth will actually send me a picture. Of how, how do you guys Nixon. not have Snapchat? Because, because I'm not a 14 year old girl. Bro, well, that uh, well, we'll talk about that on the next podcast. But <laughs> well, it's I mean, it's a, it's zero accountability, bro. That's all I'm saying. Pic- pictures <laughs> of my butt all day, all day or day. Hey. Speaking of pictures of butts, you can find me on Twitter at Eli Lasers and at Twitch at Eli Lasers. And one of these days, I'm actually going to spend a lot more time on Twitch, probably in the next couple of weeks when I'm not in school all the time anymore. Yeah. Kenan, you have something to say? Yeah, I also wanted to say, uh, speaking of uh, Twitch and Twitter, I wanted to give a quick shout out to my uh, my buddy Mike, who streams and is on Twitter under the uh, handle Pythagotron, P-Y-T-H-A-G-O-T-R-O-N. He actually got, uh, he is up for uh, an award at PAX East. He's going to be doing the PJ Salton tournament for Saltiest Person. Um, so, uh, congrats to him and I hope he, I hope he does well. I don't know how they do this. I can only assume that they sit around, play video games and scream. Um, but I'm sure it'll be entertaining. He sounds like a cool guy and I'll definitely give his, uh, give his Twitch a watch for sure. Thank you, my friend. No problem. Before we go, I also want to take a second to say congratulations to friend of the cast and my little brother, Jeff for bringing my first niece into the world. You are fantastic, and good job. You made a baby. Go you. Babies are okay, I guess. Anyways, it has been a lovely evening, gentlemen. So, we lost a music great in the world, but we still have a music great on the cast. Kenan, will you sing us out? can say where the road goes, where the day flows, only time. And who can say why your heart sighs? Fuck, I fucked it up. I said the wrong lyrics. <laughs> God damn you, Anya. Fuck it. We're out. Deuces.
So if I 